Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Missionary Baptist Church Adult Sunday School class. Glad that you could join us either in person or virtually. We are so excited, elated, and glad to be able to study with you as we walk through this fantastic scripture uh, every Sunday. Uh, this month, though, we're in a unique book, <clears throat> The Gospel According to John. You, excuse me, you're going to love John for what he does, his unique approach, and we'll talk about that as we get into it. Today's lesson is the word becomes flesh. The word becomes flesh. You will find that in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. John 1, 1 through 14. And probably like most of you, uh, most of you like me, it's probably a passage of scripture that you've committed to memory or near memory, uh, but you know it is very familiar, but I don't want to be so familiar that we miss all the subtle nuances <clears throat> that we're going to find as we walk through this study. Let's pray, and then let's uh, uh, spend some time with Dr. John this morning. Spirit of the living God, help us as we pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, we adore you. We lift you up. You are our God, and beside thee there is no other. Thank you that when we went to bed last night, you were on the throne. And when we got up this morning, you were still on the throne. And tomorrow you'll be there. And for eternity past and eternity future, you always have been, you always will be on the throne. We thank you. That's important to us because we know you control the very future of the universe, universes as may be. You are in complete control and we bow and humble and submit ourselves to you. We submit to your will. We submit to your way. Oh, God, help us to know that even if we fall, we fall in the path, not out of the path. We thank you, Father, for our grace. Oh, thank you for the gospel of grace. Thank you that we don't have a gospel of rules. Thank you we don't have a gospel of regulations. Thank you we don't have a, a, a gospel of do's and don'ts, but a gospel of grace. Jesus went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, said, if I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men, without distinction, unto me. Thank you that he drew me. Thank you that he drew my colleagues who've joined us this morning by phone. Or there may be somebody, God, who's, who are on the line or even who, who, are, who is here present that does not know you in the free pardon of their sins. And we pray especially this morning for them that you would save them, God. Snatch them as a brand from the burning that they might know and understand and be willing to give themselves fully over to you. Even in their imperfections, they are moving toward perfection. Because one day when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise. And those of us who are alive and remain will be caught up and meet you in the air. And there shall we ever be with the Lord. So we thank you that we're on a journey and the destination is full of grace. Now, God, we pray that you bless us physically, bless us financially, bless us spiritually. Help us, God, to be able to focus on you as we deal with the vicissitudes of life. Help us to know that you are there we're as close as a call, that you're there and you're just a prayer away. Oh, God, we pray for this place called Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church where you've anointed our leader, Bishop William L. Shields, to lead and guide, teach us, and direct us. We thank you, God, for him, for his life. We ask you to protect him, God. We ask you to bless him, God. We ask you to give him long life and good health in the name of Jesus. God bless everybody connected with, through, and to us, even here alive, even here in person, and those joining us virtually. Now, God, meet that need, 
that some people thought you could not meet. God, do that thing that some people thought you could not do. God, you only fail at one thing. You can't fail. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, we believe. Even in the hard places, even in the hard times, yes, we believe. You are God, and beside thee there is no other. Now, God, bless us as we study your word. We love you. We praise you. It is in Jesus' name we say amen. Amen. Uh, John uh, is writing this gospel uh, in 26 AD. You know, John uh, at one point ends up uh, spending the, the, the latter parts of his years uh, on the Isle of Patmos, where he is also, he's also John the Revelator. And the only reason, you may not know this, but the only reason that John is the only apostle who didn't die either by crucifixion or beheading or both is because he survived being boiled in oil. That's the only reason he lived to a ripe old age is because he survived being boiled in oil. So John uh, can speak with authority when he's writing about the Lord Christ. Um, John, you will notice in this sort of unique uh, approach to the gospel, God, uh, John sets up all these dichotomies, life and death, light, darkness, truth and lie, bonding and betraying, receiving and denying, abiding and abandoning. That's John's unique approach. John uh, you will you will see here. Um, <clears throat> John is not trying to give you a biography of Jesus. Uh, John doesn't start in the manger. John doesn't start at the call of the of the disciples. John doesn't start at the wedding of Cana like Mark. John starts his gospel. You'll see when we get into it from the beginning, before the beginning, before the beginning. Amen. He is presenting Jesus going to Christ. Jesus going to Christ. Jesus is always God with John. He doesn't become God in the Gospel of John. He's always God with John. Uh, John is in love with the deity of Jesus. John, uh, more than, and I, I like because John says, I'm the apostle that Jesus loves, or he refers to the apostle that Jesus loves, talking about himself, <laughs> which I kind of like. But, but John is is subsumed with the notion that I walked with the God-man, that it was God in human flesh. There's no doubt about that in, in John. That's why John doesn't give you an intro. He, he doesn't try to set it up so you can look at uh, of, uh, physical references and, and, and historical references. John, so I'm going present, to present him to you the way I met him. All right? Um, uh, John uh, gives a direct address to us. Um, a lot of the, not a lot of, but the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the Matthew, th those gospels are writ written to certain people, the Gentiles, to the Greeks, to the Jews. But John's gospel is written for all people. Uh, John addresses his gospel like it's a letter and he addresses it to you. Postmark heaven. He sent, he wants you to get into this. He's not trying to impress the intelligentsia. He's not trying to impress those who hang around the temple. He's not trying to impress those who think they're smarter than everybody else. He's not trying to impress those who know three scriptures and can dance. John wants everybody to get to know 
who Jesus is, which is why that's the only place you find John 3.16. Is because John wants you to know this is personal. This is for David. This is for you. This, this is for Miss Gracie. This is for those who want to know Jesus without trying to impress anybody. Without trying to go through a certain set of rules and rituals. And he, John just says, this Jesus is so special to me, I got to tell you about it. John gives you sort of the background of the way you would go out if you were witnessing and you were talking about Jesus. You would spend more time talking about Jesus than you spend talking about yourself. Have you noticed some people's witness? The witness is all about them. I want you to pat them on the back. Oh, my God. Dear, dear, dear. Didn't you do some great things? Oh, my gracious. You survived that? Oh, my sweet. Oh, you are. John said, no, no. John said, forget about me. I'm focused on him. Uh, 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 John then uh, uh, wants us to know that, that you can uh, aspire to be like Jesus because Jesus wants you to be like him. That the only qualification that you need is a willing heart and a willing mind. Not denomination, not ethnicity, but a willing mind and heart and spirit. So uh, with that background, let's, let's drop down and deal with <clears throat> this uh, lesson today. It's found in the book of John, uh, chapter number one, verses one through 14. Now I should tell you that in the Greek... John 1, 1, through John 1 and 14, is one majestic sentence in the Greek. It's a single sentence because it contains so much interconnectedness that John couldn't put a period. John said, I, I can't stop in the intro because the intro is eternal. John says, it won't make any sense if I put a period until I get to the end. So John starts and then he can't stop. Uh, he's like those people that you, sometimes you see they, they have the mic and, and you know the song is over and they keep on singing. They're, they're not trying to irritate you. It's just that it, it, it ceased to be a song and became a testimony. Right. Some folks start praying. You say, I wish they hushed. They can. If they're not trying to irritate you. It just it became personal in the midst. So, so John does that. And so I want us this morning to read together all 14 verses. I promise you it won't take us that long, uh, but I, I, I think it's going to resonate in your spirit if you would just do that as an exercise of those who are here and those joining us virtually, because it'll make a lot of sense to you. The lesson as I break it down, Will, uh, if you understand, it's one concept from verse 1 to verse 14, and most of you uh, will see that, that it'll, it'll come alive if you do it that way. So let's read together John chapter 1. Beginning at verse 1, and then we're going to end at verse 14. And then read it, not like you're reading the newspaper. Not like you're reading the funny paper. My mom and grandma used to call it the, the, the funnies. Not like you're reading the funnies, but read it like it's speaking to you. Read it as if the words are leaping off the page into your heart. Don't read it because you read it a million times before. I know you have. I know you all are Bible scholars. But really read it and see if you can get just a sense, a glimpse, uh, just a taste of what John is saying to the church. Let's read together. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Slow down. In him was life. 
and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The doors of the church are open. Amen. That gospel is enough for you to go out and win just about every soul that wants to be won. Because you don't have to be a theologian and you have all these people who want to explain and, and, and want to, to, to dicker with you about, well, is it inconsistent here or inconsistent there? You don't need all of that if you have this John, this, this, this introduction, this prologue in the book of John. So let's go back now and see if we can unpack this suitcase and see what John is trying to, for the text is tailored to teach us. Um, the, 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 the first verse says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, you all know, because you, you're all smart people, uh, that scientists have studied the universe as a profession. They've tried to figure out what started it, what you need to have, what has to happen in order for this three-dimensional world we live in to come into to existence. Took them a long time to figure out that you have to have time, force, motion, space, and matter. That's the fundamental principle. All of you who've been through uh, high school, you took one class of physics or one class of science. You, you got to have what? Time, force, space, I mean motion, space, and then you got to have matter. That's what the scientists took them all this time to figure out. Here's how Moses writes, puts it in Genesis 1.1. And how John puts it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now look at what Moses does uh, in Genesis 1 and what it took scientists years to figure out. You got to have time, right? In the beginning. You got to have force, God. You got to have motion, created. You got to have space, the heavens. And you got to have matter, earth. So while people are debating with you about evolution, not evolution, was the, is the Genesis account of, of the, of the uh, creation a true account or not? Conceptually, it's the perfect account because you scientists told me it was. Even with those of you who believe in the so-called Big Bang Theory, you have to have, uh, 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 Pastor Johnson's back there, he's a teacher. You got to have time, force, motion, time, force, space, motion, and matter. So if that's the case, we already knew that. 
You're telling me stuff I already knew. I knew that, Genesis 1-1. So John says, yeah, John says, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This word that we know as logos in the Greek means order and a definitive pattern of existence. The Greeks figured that out, but John knew that through the revelation of the Holy Ghost. John had been to any college, no university. Neither had Moses, except the ones at Pharaoh's court in Egypt. But God revealed unto them, this is how it works. There has to be a system, an order to this thing, or the laws of thermodynamics don't mean anything. The, the sun can't stay in the sky. The earth can't revolve around it. The moon doesn't come out. The, the tides don't go in and out unless there is an order. And no matter what you study, whether you believe God, believe in God or not, you will see through the creation an order. And you can't have a design without a designer. It's impossible, right? So John says, John said, but let me explain to you all why it worked the way it worked. He says, in the beginning was the word. Now, in this prologue, he, 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 he begins with a remarkable description of Jesus Christ as the word. Uh, in other words, that Jesus is the agent of creation. Uh, in the book of Colossians, you'll find that it says, in him do all things consist, talking about Jesus. And if you look in the book of Colossians at that word consist, and then you look at the etymology of the word consist, the root word for the word consist in the Greek is the same root word from where we get atom, A-T-O-M. So the Bible scholars told you in Colossians that the atom, the atomic particle, the, the molecular structure of the universe, he says, it's all held together by Christ. That's what, the, that's what Paul tells us in Colossians, and he, and, and, and he didn't go to heart. You see, you see how smart God is? If you don't go too fast, if you don't go too fast, you'll find everything you need in the Bible. Had you been listening to God, you would have invented uh, faxing because God showed you how to fax in the book of Daniel. Nini, nini, tickle, opposite. He wrote it on the wall. That's a fax. Right? If you've been listening to God, he told you how to do overnight mail because he sent the ravens down to Ezekiel. Y'all thought food delivery was invented by Grubhub. No. God delivered food, invented food delivery in the Old Testament. Right? Right? So it's a marvelous thing. So, so you don't have to back up when you start talking to people about God because if they have a God, just ask them, how does your God explain the beginning? Don't tell me some theory. Don't tell me some fable. Is, is your God's description of the beginning, which is written long before science was a thing, consistent with science? I know you believe in science. Right? Right? They can't do it. You know why? Because there's only one true God. Now watch this. He says, and, and he says the, the word uh, was with God. That word with in the Greek is the word pros, P-O-S which means God and Jesus were always face to face. The, they had an intimacy that preceded what we know as time. Remember, God stepped out of time, stepped out of eternity into time. God is not bound by time. He just uses time as a measure for you. God never go, has to go anywhere to get anywhere. Amen. God can stand tiptoe and flat foot at the same time, right? If God goes anywhere, he meets himself coming back from where he already was and where he's going. 
and doesn't have to turn around and go back where he was because he always was where he was before he went where he was. He's always there before he went to there. All right. So, so John says, uh, uh, Jesus, they, they were always, he was with God. They were face to face. They had a fellowship only broken temporarily on the cross. Right? When Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama thabachana, my God, my God, why has that forsake, forsaken me? They weren't face to face. That's the only time because your sin blocked God's view of Jesus. All right? Except for that, that's the only time. All right? And that was for you. Okay? Not saying the fellowship was broken, it was suspended. Just for long enough for Jesus to, to pay the penalty, then they got right back together. Because the Bible says Jesus went to, went to the throne and sprinkled his very blood on the mercy seat. That's what Jesus did. All right. So he said the word was with God. And then, then John says, I don't really know how to explain the Trinity to you. He said, I'm just telling you, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He said, y'all can debate about the Trinity. Y'all can debate three in one, one in three, three in three. He said, y'all can debate that. I'm just telling you the way it worked. I can't break it down for you scientifically. To make sense, people have all these analogies. Well, you know, it's like the sun. The, if, you, if you're looking for, for the Trinity, it's like the sun. Uh, God is the sun, Jesus is the light, and the Holy Ghost is the heat. We have all these, uh, preachers have all these analogies. But the fact of the matter is, there is no appropriate analogy. Because, because the Trinity, the triune being, the triune God, the one God, the Elohim God, is because it is. And you will run yourself crazy trying to get something that fits perfectly, you can't do it. It's like trying to explain what love is, right? I mean, you know, the, the, the great prophet Forrest Gump said, I might not be a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. I mean, you, you can't explain it, right, the way that's going to be satisfied everybody. But, but, but John says, I'm telling you, that's the way it worked. Watch this. Uh, wait, let's go to verse 3 now. He says, this is John. John explains. He says, now, I, I want you to understand that um, um, all things were made by him and that him is Jesus and without him was not anything made that was made so my good friends who are Jehovah Witnesses stepped from around my door early in the Saturday morning um, don't keep saying Jesus was a created being quit, quit telling that lie uh, John says you can't, you can't be the maker of yourself and then be made yourself right that's impossible. He says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. If Jesus is not a part of the Godhead, John says, there's no Godhead, there's no creation, there's no nothing. It's, they've always pre-existed. John says uh, uh, that, 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 that this, the creative force, the agency of creation, was Jesus, the word, or the logos. He, he's not trying to argue or make an argument about the separation within the body, the, the, excuse me, within the triumph being. He's saying you have to accept the triumph being and the triumph tri, tri, being. Once you accept that, everything makes sense. If you're trying to figure out why it's not, it's never going to make sense. You, you'll basically run yourself into a circle trying to say, well, uh, well, but, because a lot of people do that and when, when, when you get challenged by those who don't believe, We'll try to explain it. Well, let's look at it this way. No, no, let's look at it the only way. It is what it is, right? He's the Trump. Now, you don't, have to, you don't have to be able to articulate it in a way that might satisfy everybody. Just know it, all right? It's not, it's not really a debate worth having with most people 
Because if, if they're starting there, if they have a misconception of who God is in that form, you're going to have to be there a long time. <clears throat> uh, as I was at a dinner party about a month ago. Um, it makes your head hurt. All right. Now, now notice what John says. J John's giving Jesus credit for creating everything. He's giving him credit, cr credit for being the agency of creation on the earth. And then John takes a big leap, which is uh, just, a, you know, just a, 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 a fantastic leap, a quantum leap, uh, that good scientific term. Here's a quantum leap. In him, verse 4, was life, and the life was the light of men. So people say, how did life begin on the earth? And they have theories, which are fine. I have no problem with the theory of evolution. I have no problem with Charles Darwin. I have no problem with that. But John says, once you finish with your theoretical teaching, please know this. The reason life exists is because in Jesus was life. He said, I don't care if you say it came from a monkey or a donkey. A fish, an amoeba. He said, it doesn't matter what you say, however it came. He said, it wouldn't exist without Jesus. Amen. However you want to say it started, it started because of Jesus. That's why I told you, when you look it up when you get home, in Colossians 1 and 3, in him all things consist. Everything is held together by Jesus. The basic atomic particle is Jesus the Christ. Now John says, um, <clears throat> there's life there, and this Greek word for life, zoe, refers to all kinds of life, not just eternal life. John says, without Jesus, there is no kind of life. We have to have Jesus to have life. Uh, now John learns this through up-close observation, which you'll see a little later. Uh, and some scholars, when they read the word light here because it's uh, lowercase, they think it refers to the word uh, versus the Christ. I don't really think that's a debate worth having. I think it refers a lot to the intellectual and moral enlightenment that enables us to decide between right and wrong. Okay? Everything you do in life involves a decision. Uh, where you eat, how you eat, when you eat, <clears throat> what you do, where you go, how you drive, if you drive. The, but it's all decisions. Your brain is making decisions on, on a on a a, a scale that's, in, that's impossible for a computer to calculate. All right? But John says that what, what gives you that ability is the light of Christ. All right? Nothing happens, by the way, scientifically without light. Without light, nothing happens. Okay? You'll, you'll see that as we go on. So, so, so let's watch. See, see if that makes sense in, in the next verse. He says, verse 5, <clears throat> And the light shineth in darkness, or let's say into darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. That, um, that comprehended is in the Greek, that's katalumbano, um, which is uh, a refusal to listen to reason. Not that you don't know, but that you won't do it even though you know. You get the right information, that's what happens to people, and you reject it. And so the wife says, I'm telling you, if you turn left, you're going the wrong way. And you say, who's driving? <laughs> and because you won't accept it, doesn't mean it isn't true. Right? And then 
When you get there, you can say all you want to. I knew that all the time, Lawson. I knew where I was going. I just wanted to show you that more than one way. You lie. John says, the darkness rejected it. They act like they don't understand it. John said, that's not true. They do understand it. They just rejected it. And John says, what's blowing my mind is they rejected it, and he keeps coming back to them. He loves them anyway, right? You, you keep saying no, and he keeps saying please. Right? You keep acting up, and he keeps saying, you want to come back today? And you say, but let me go all the stuff I did yesterday. He said, I know what you did yesterday. You want to come back today? I'm waiting. Right? He's 24. He is like picking up the phone. No matter when you pick it up, there's a dial tone. No matter where you are in the world, there's a dial tone. That's how God is. He's not going anywhere. You can't run him off. John says, don't try to pretend that you don't get it. John said, the light shined in darkness. You got the information and you, Kala Lambana said, I don't want it though. Sure you're right, but I refuse. Watch this, because John's going walk to walk through this thing. Now, now, now in, the, in the Greek world, light and darkness <clears throat> are not the different um, are not the different perspectives of the same thing. In the Greek thinking, light and darkness are two separate concepts. Remember, at one point the Bible tells us what fellowship does God have with Belial? It's, it's that darkness is, is, is a different concept. They're not, put like this, in the Greek thinking, darkness is not the absence of light. In the Greek way of thinking, darkness is the refusal to accept light. All right. So, so, so John says, uh, so, so, so John is saying, so the darkness doesn't want to hear it. Uh, uh, the, he says later on, or Paul tells us that if the gospel be hid, it is hid to those who the devil has what? Blinded their mind. What's blindness? Darkness. The reason you see Jesus doing so many miracles of sight is because it's symbolic of sin. When people refuse to change, that's darkness. You can't see. And, and I heard the prophet Stevie Wonder say, there is none so blind as he who will not see. That's what John's saying. It's not that they don't know. They just, I'm not going to see that. I, I, I'm not going to hear that. All right? Let's move a little further. We got we to gotta hurry on. Verse 6 says, uh, and, and I'll do, do 6 through 9 as a com combination. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. <clears throat> Excuse me. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Now, John is not saying that through all men, John might through, through all through all men through, through John, all men might believe. But through Jesus, that's the him in that verse. Uh, John the Baptizer, uh, uh, who was the first cousin of Jesus, didn't try to exalt himself because he was Jesus' first cousin. His job was to tell people, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. John had a single message. Um, uh, Elder Warren, I know you in uh, MIT. He had one sermon. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he preached at the 8 o'clock service. They came back for the 10 o'clock service. Guess what John took his text? Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. They came back for the 11 o'clock service. Guess what John preached? Repent! For the kingdom of God is at hand. 
God John had one message because he had one job. Uh, God is like that sometimes with us. Sometimes your job in the kingdom of God is to have one job. And sometimes people get scattered trying to do too many things, right? If you do the one thing God gives you to do well, God is pleased. Amen. Now watch this. He says, uh, uh, and, and, he, and he used this, I like how he says, uh, John, John very subtly draws this con contrast. He says, talks about Jesus as being part of Godhead. Then when he gets to John, he says, there was a man. He said, don't, don't, don't get confused now. I don't care how good he is. I don't care what he is. He's, he's just a man. My Jesus is the God man. It's the merger of, of, of flesh and God. He says, he was sent from God to bear witness. Why? Je Jesus didn't need John to be Jesus. The people needed John to believe in Jesus. Amen. He needed a witness. And I've been noticing, watching a little news uh, here the last few weeks, that the witnesses can mess you up. Boy, uh, you better have your stuff together. Uh, because a witness, somebody who sees and knows and has a first-hand account, you can lie all you want to. But somebody will say, I saw it. I heard it. And as a matter of fact, I got a picture. Uh, be careful. John says, John says, John the baptizer came to bear witness of that light, and he was not trying to big himself up uh, because his name means Jehovah is gracious. John, the baptizer, realized that he needed a savior too. That's why when he, first, when he met Jesus in the flesh, you know, he, he met Jesus uh, pre-incarnate, uh, well, pre-birth, because uh, Mary goes over to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and when she walks in the room, Elizabeth salutes her, and then the baby in, in, in Elizabeth's womb, which was before bearing, leaps John is shouting in the womb. That's the original shouting John. Surely Caesar need to me to apologize. That's shouting John. All right. And that now notice that in verse seven, he says to John, who's just a man, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the. Uh oh. Now lights capitalized. This is the first time John calls Jesus the light. Jesus is the full panoply. Of everything God is, and He just he, and He condescends to our level so that He might introduce us to God and provide a bridge from sin back to God. Amen. All right. Verse eight, uh, John, uh, uh, John the writer says, "Just so we're clear, I know all of you all think a lot of John because by, by this time John's dead." He says he was not that light. He was sent to bear witness. Of that light. Now, John's a great man. Matter of fact, Jesus said, of all men born of a woman, there's none greater than John the Baptizer. That's what Jesus said. And, and when they went out to see Jesus out in the, preaching out in the reeds, he said, What'd y'all come out here for? To see a reed shaking in the wind? You come out here because you want to see John, who's a little eccentric, you know, wearing a coat and of camel hair and eating only uh, off the land. You know, John was the first recorded vegetarian. What? What? Show y'all. God created everything. Uh, what? What? What y'all come out here for? <clears throat> Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm what you came out here to see. You, you, you came out for a spectacle, but you ran into me. You out here trying to see a sideshow, a circus, a, a traveling act, but you ran into me. Because John says, while y'all out here trying to see him and see him putting on a show, John says, behold, y'all came to see me? He said, 
Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. Shut the tent down. Turn the music off. Tell the clowns to go back. Behold, the Lamb of God. Isn't it, isn't it great, people of God, when you can get to a place in your life where you take the spotlight off you and shine it on Jesus? Amen. Don't you despise preaching where the preacher is the focus? I love preaching when Jesus is the focus. Singing when Jesus is the focus. Praying when Jesus is in the focus. Living where Jesus is the focus. John, John the revelator says, take your eyes off John. He's a bad man. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of saints. But he ain't Jesus. Nobody is Jesus. Watch this. He says, that was the true light, Jesus, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Uh, now, John, uh, John the, the writer says, now, let me get off John and shift back to my subject. He says, I just want you to understand, I am agreeing that John, the revelator, John, the baptizer, I'm sorry, John, the baptizer, not John, the revelator, he's John, the revelator, that John, the baptizer was correct in his witness. Uh, you can have what we call in the law corroboration. And so when a witness says something and then you come back and say, uh, that witness is lying, and then I call five more who said, oh, no, uh, Brown was there. I know Brown. Oh, yeah, it was him. Oh, yeah, I know his car. Oh, I got his tag. No, it was Brown. Okay. He, I know he said it wasn't him. It was him. And they lined up three or four people. Uh, that, that's a witness. So he says, um, uh, he says, watch this. He says he, that, that, ver that, that he is not just because in the first of the sentence. He was in the world. John says, John says, I'm almost embarrassed. John says, this hurts my feelings. He was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Do you know you can hang around Jesus so long and get so familiar that you miss intimacy with him? He just becomes your buddy. He just becomes your sidekick. And you miss when you're in his presence. Ah, uh, Joshua says, surely the Lord has been here. And we knew it not. You can miss it because church becomes routine. Church becomes just something you do Sunday morning. Church becomes something you do because you just want to feel like you're doing something right every week. And you miss the Lord because you're too focused on church. John says, he was here. They didn't know him. He made the world. And the world knew him not. And John didn't say he made Israel. He didn't say he made Palestine. He didn't say he, said he made Russia. He said the world. Verse 11. Then John said, that's bad enough. But John said, then he stopped by his kin people's house. And his kin people acted up. He came into his own. And his own received him not. Now, now notice that in verse 10, it says the world didn't know him. They wouldn't. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have any background because God hadn't revealed it to the world at that time. Other than your innate knowledge that there's a God. He said, and, that, and there he used the phrase, the world knew him not. But then in 11, he said that his own received him not. They knew who he was and still rejected him. They had all the evidence that they needed if they read the Bible or the Torah or the Septuagint, 
They knew he was Jesus. He knew he was the Messiah. And they said, but he, he's not, he didn't come like I look like him, so I'm not, I'm not going to believe it. Because I set myself up to be the harbinger of what's God. And I, since I decide what God is, if it doesn't come the way I want it, I don't want God. I'll just do another. I'll wait. They still wait. They don't, they don't get another chance. They don't get another chance. Well, we won't be here. They don't get one last chance. But they, 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 they didn't receive him. Although he came unto him. He didn't force his way to them. He just lived among them. And, they, and you start seeing signs. John says, but let me tell you how God is. John says, but watch what God does when you reject him. Look at verse 12. He says, but what? As many as received him to y'all gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now you know the Jews wanted to, why he's on the Isle of Patmos. Right? Now you get it. He says, the Jews didn't want him, so he made everybody Jews. He made everybody Israel. He made everybody sons. Paul calls it adoption. It's a legal term. Paul says, you weren't born into the family of God, but God took you into the family. You're not an outside child. It's legal. We go down to the courthouse and look it up, and there's your name. Miss Gracie Jackson is an heir. It's in the will. You can't change it. You got your lips poked out. Because you're a Jew and Miss Grace is not, doesn't matter. She's in the will. You got to, you, you, and you can't sue the testator because testator's dead and the will's predominant. You got to go by what the will says, and the will says she's in. Right? She's in. You talking, talking about Susan P? Yes, she's in. I don't like her. Doesn't matter. She's in. I don't like Brother Love. Doesn't matter. He's in. I don't like, brother, I don't like Elder Jordan. Doesn't matter. He's in. Why? Because Jesus says, come unto me, all you that live in heaven later, you're in because of him. John says, if you believe on his name, you become a son. Now, this next concept was what blew this real smart man, Nicodemus, it made his, it made his head go crazy. He couldn't get it. John says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. John was trying to trying to explain to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, we meet him in later in, in the book of John. He couldn't understand that this is not a blood produced thing. In other words, it's not from, 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 being, in a, uh, uh, from, from being a baby from amniocentesis or any of that. He said, this is all about God's decision. It's not ethnicity. You don't get to claim God for yourself only because you are whatever you think you are, whatever your affiliation is. This is not a frat, Right? God is in it because God, I mean, you're in it because God chose you to be in it. All right? He says here, last two, and we'll stop. This, this is the crescendo. Uh, really the, um, uh, verse 13, which were born not of flesh, but nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Then the, here's the crescendo. Huh. Here's the crescendo. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John said, I could tell you some stuff about what other people said. Let me tell you what I saw. John said, I saw the hypostatic union because I witnessed it. He was fully God and fully man. Because if he's just man, explain the miracles. Explain the miracles. And then if he's, if he's, if he's just God, then explain thirst and hunger. And, 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 and fatigue. John said, he's, he's, he's both in one. He's the God man. He's the man God. 
He's not only the son of God, he's God's son. John says, don't, don't get it confused. He says, I'm telling you what I saw. I'm willing to die for what I saw. I can't deny it because I saw it. He said, I beheld it with my own eyes. I saw the transfiguration. I'm in the inner circle. It's Peter, James, and John. That's me. I'm in the room with Dorcas when she gets raised up from the dead. That's me. I'm in the room. John said, I, I didn't get this. I didn't read it in the newspaper. I'm in the room, y'all. And I'm telling you that he was the son of God and he was God. And he's God then, he's God now, and he will be God forever. See y'all next week.